It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection for live low prices. All the car parts your car will ever need. I'm also here with Charles T. Hamilton, who is joining me for another off-season target episode over the last few weeks. We've done a number of trade exception targets, both the lottery done. We're going to add some draft prospects to this series going forward. We'll be running these every week. We'll be covering draft prospects, TPE targets, free agent targets, all this stuff. But to kick off our draft coverage, we're going to break down Anthony Edwards' game. We'll start with pros and cons and then decide whether or not we like him for the Warriors. Charles, Anthony Edwards is sort of the number one, pick, the number one guy on most big boards. What do you like about him? Well, the the obvious parts. He's incredibly athletic. Uh, he's 6'5", 225. He's got a NBA body uh, ready ready to go. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, he'll have to get bigger or this or that. 6'5", uh, with a 6'9", wingspan. Um, he has a natural shooting stroke. You know, there's not going to be a lot of tweaking on that. It just, he just looks NBA ready is the main thing. And obviously, no rookie comes in and is the finished product. There's going to be improvements he's going to need to make. But as far as coming in, being NBA ready, ready to contribute immediately, and then his ceiling, I mean, it's it's the 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 best combination of both, I, I think, as far as this year's uh, top prospects go. No, it's well said. I mean, you look at guys, that's what most teams want, not just the Warriors, right, is a guy who can come in and contribute right away and then blossom into something better. Um you mentioned the stuff about his size and athleticism, and that, that is so apparent when he plays in transition. And that is becoming such an important factor in today's NBA. Like you can just easily project him, you know, getting steals, running the floor. Um, he's got good feel of when to cut. So uh, I think that helps in transition, but it also helps in the half court where, like, Georgia had him on the ball a lot. But when he was off the ball is where he, I thought at least he thrived. Um, he's got like just again good feel for knowing and and timing his cuts, knowing where to do it, when to do it, how to do it, and then you combine all that. He's just such a great finisher at the rim, and mm-hmm. he's so physical. He doesn't shy away from contact. He's able to play through the contact and either get the finish or or get to the line. I think he got to the foul line. Yeah, five point three free throw attempts per game. I only imagine that's probably going to increase, if anything, at the NBA level if he's playing more off the ball and doing more of that stuff more often Where as far as cutting and, and, and being in those um, rim-running situations. And, uh, yeah, I just think when you look at that, he, he able, he's able to use his frame really well, and he actually does this thing that I thought was really impressive. The more I, uh, of the film I watch, the more often I see him just sort of establishing high post position. Mm-hmm. Which to me is like, this is the one of the youngest guys. I think he's the second youngest player in the draft, or something like that. And mm-hmm. for him to sort of have that innate feel already, 
knowing when to cut, when to establish high post position, his, his ability to use his body. He's got such a great feel for that, that I, I think, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, he's got this great athleticism. He's got this great body. It's another thing to say, okay, he can use it. Right. And that to me is what shows that okay, he's got these things, but now he's actually, it's not a coulda, woulda, shoulda thing. He knows how to use his body. And that, and that's to me shows like there is a pretty good basketball feel there too, which I like. Yeah, you mentioned his age. He just turned 19 uh, on August 5th, one of the youngest players uh, in the draft. And it could be overrated, but that matters to some front offices and some evaluators because you think you have more time to develop uh, that his game is, uh, at this point, you know, is – you know, his game can get better from age 19 to right. 24 than someone who comes in at 24. How much better can someone that age get, et cetera. Uh, but as far as his his ability, you know, you talk about getting to the rim and being a bruiser and stuff like that. That's something that is valuable in today's NBA right. because of the fact that it's such a jump shooting league. And if you don't have someone that can get to the line, it, it, it's something that can calm down a you know oh for 27 uh, from three it's the uh, other it's the other way to get the three points right exactly and and we see that so much when a team is struggling from the three-point line whether it be the warriors or any team where they just you know what let's just get get downhill go to the rim he's got such a quick first step uh i think his athleticism is maybe um i mean yeah he's a good jumper he finishes with two hands a lot uh he's not i i don't think he's like he's he doesn't have straight line speed that you would like all the time but um, I, it's not as, it's not as good as I think it's sort of advertised. Um, but the half court thing is there because that first step is there. Uh, and look in this draft where it's kind of void of this, this, the main guy, I think if you're looking for a guy that can be a multi-time all-star and sort of develop into a face of the franchise type guy, you want to see somebody who at least has shades of good isolation play, because as we're seeing in these playoffs right now, that's so important, right? Like the mm-hmm. one-on-one plays, like look no further than Luka Doncic against the Clippers. And um, I mean, this, this one-on-way isolate, one-on-one isolation play, it's so rare to find a guy who could do that, which is why I was, was sort of more bullish on D'Angelo Russell is because he could do that sort of thing. But um, with, with Anthony Edwards, he's developing this Harden-esque step back mm-hmm. and it's not pretty all the time. It doesn't go in a whole lot. But he's trying it, man, and I like that he's at least trying it. And if he's doing that and he's developing it, then that's going to be helpful for him if it, if it can, in fact, develop into a useful tool. And like I said, he tries it. He does it. There are shades of an isolation player there. Mm-hmm. No, and so. there's something to be said. I mean, we talked about his size, but there's there's a lot to be said for it offensively and defensively. You know, he's not a great defender yet, but he, because of his size, uh, strength, uh, you know, agility, all-around athleticism in that body. He has the potential to be a very versatile defender. And also we we see guys like Luka and we saw Kawhi do it. I mean, we still see Kawhi do it, but remember when he, you know, pretty much ended Kavon Looney's uh, finals last year, mm-hmm. driving to the hoop. There's there's really something to be said for someone that big that can get to the hoop like that. It, it, it does make a big difference. Uh, you know, seeing Luka, Luka did it to Kawhi a couple of games yeah. ago. It's, it is definitely an asset that is, kind of rare in uh in today's nba players and you know you can't i wouldn't sneeze at having someone like that on a on my team no in this draft there's just not a lot of guys built like anthony edwards especially Mm -hmm. on the wing too so there's there's a novelty there as well um well those are anthony edwards strengths we're going to talk about his weaknesses next but first 
Let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it could be impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, especially now, while you may not be able to visit a traditional store. So do it easily online instead. Go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, so you're not dealing with out-of-stocks. You're not dealing to the, with the whims of whatever the store wants to carry. You've got all the options right here at rockauto.com. So go there right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Charles, so we talked about Anthony Edwards' strengths. Let's move on to his weaknesses. You alluded to it a little bit in the first segment. The obvious one is what he, is how he stands up defensively. And there's a lot, uh, there's a lot that he leaves on the table defensively. You watch the games, you watch the film, and he puts so much effort in on the offensive end as far as all the stuff we were talking about, developing this step-back jumper, cutting off the ball, the activity on the offensive end in the full court and in the half court. But defensively, it's just not there. He's got a reputation as a lazy defender. And to me, honestly, it's, it's warranted. Do you think that that's fixable at the NBA level? You would hope so. I mean, especially if you're taking him at number two overall. And we also saw with the Warriors and D'Angelo Russell, there were reasons why it didn't fit. But part of it was the fact that he was just a bad defender. Uh, you know, sometimes he got lazy and the Warriors don't uh, put up with that. I mean, we saw, right. uh, you know, Nick Young, he, even in the, the playoffs a couple of years ago, at least he was given an effort. You know, at least he was making an effort to defend and they can live with that. But if you're just a lazy defender, they're not going to deal with that. So would that be something that keeps them from making the pick or hanging on to him long term? Who knows? But the thing is, you know, I mentioned that first segment is the, the the combination of size, athleticism and strength. There's an elite defender in there somewhere. Right. But is he going to do the work to get there? And one thing that I think gets overlooked uh, defensively is the 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 basketball IQ that you have to have um to be a good defender especially on a a Draymond level which you know there's only that's an elite elite level so not to say that he needs to get there but does he also have that basketball IQ to be a good defender I think he does but you know the effort needs to be there and the the progression he needs to get better the the work needs to be put in to get there Um, you would hope it being picked number two and getting paid that money that he'd he'd, uh, make that effort to do so well, I think you hit it on the head. To me, it's not a basketball IQ thing with him. It is certainly an effort thing, right? Because if you have that sort of basketball IQ on the offensive end, chances are that translates to the defensive end. I mean, basketball is I, – I, there's two different sides of the ball, right? But it's one game, and usually basketball IQ translates to both ends. When you see a high level, a high basketball IQ player 
not be good on defense, it's usually one of two things. It's usually just, again, effort in the case of, let's say, a Carmelo Anthony, right? Or in the case of a guy like Lou Williams, it's just it's size, right? It's mm-hmm. like you're just too small. For Edwards, size is not an issue, uh, as you pointed out. And it is effort. I mean, you look at these games, he gets he gets lazy when he's not on the ball. But when he's on the ball, he does put in a little bit more effort. He does come out of his stance quite a bit. He gets beat off the dribble all the time. Um, and, and so I, there's ways to work on that. Like he's not getting beat off the dribble because he's not athletic enough or is not big enough to get in front of a guy. He's just getting beat off the dribble because he just kind of sways out of his stance and he's not really paying a whole lot of attention or he gets caught ball watching or something like that. Um, and he doesn't close out well really at all and that kind of gets him you know caught in this no man's land between the the would-be shooter and the passer and all these things but these are things i think you can fix if you if you're an nba team drafting him and you can harp on these things and granted he was he had a high usage percentage at georgia you take the ball out of his hands a little bit more on the offensive end let him play off the ball a little bit more maybe he doesn't have to expend quite as much energy on that side of the floor then maybe he starts giving you that effort defensively i think that would be the bet with anthony edwards because right now he would be one of the worst defenders in the league, given the way he defended at Georgia. Like, like when I say he gets beat off the dribble all the time, it's like ninety nine percent of the time he's getting beat off the dribble. It's bad, but yeah. I, I do believe that the upside is there. Yeah, and I, the only way that that's acceptable is if you're like a James Harden type scorer. If you can put right. up thirty plus points a game, and you're a bad defender uh, or you know indifferent defensively, I can live with that. But he's not that yet. At least, probably won't be that. James Harden is, you know, James Harden. Uh, the thing is with the – it's hard to translate a guy from college to the pros because, like you said, high usage rate at Georgia, not going to be that high uh, in, you know, potentially with the Warriors. Or they, uh, that's who we're talking about. But will that translate to him putting in the effort other places? Uh, it, it's something that obviously the GMs and scouts need to figure out, but I – do we know? No. And that's, that's one of the, the scary parts about it. And the other thing is we, we've talked about his scoring, which is there and it's, it's obvious, but at the same time, yeah, he's a guy who can get it done at all three levels. He was really inefficient. And is that another thing that you're worried about? I mean, it is something you're worried about coming to the NBA. Will that, is that something that'll change as his usage, usage goes down? Will his decision-making get better? Uh, all of these things are question marks, but as far as the talent goes, you know, he's, he's probably the top guy. Top guy, um, and I still, like I said, I point out all the flaws defensively. I think there's so much potential offensively. Um, but again, like defensively, I, th- like you, I think you said it well. There's a good, there's an elite level defender somewhere within Anthony Edwards. And let's keep in mind, this is a guy who started playing basketball very late. Defense to me is a harder thing to grasp than offense, right? Like when you're talking about team defense and all these things, uh, that, that comes with so much experience and just playing and just seeing things. Um, and, 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 you know, it's easy to just want to go out and score, right. And be, and become the number one draft choice. And it's another thing to say, okay, I've done this. Now, how can I start participating in winning basketball? And the defensive end is where that comes in. Uh, I still think he gets there. Uh, you watch the interviews with him. You, you, you watch the way he plays the effort that he can, he, he can play with the energy with which he can play. Uh, it's all there. He just needs to sort of put it together. And if I'm an NBA team, if I'm the Warriors, I'm betting that it comes together. And if you're the Warriors, you got a guy named Draymond Green who has a tendency to get that out of guys. <laughs> and if that guy does, doesn't have it, well, then you know fairly quickly, or at least Draymond will tell you. Yeah. Um, coming up, we'll discuss whether or not we like Anthony Edwards for the Warriors. This is Locked on Warriors. 
Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. If you haven't subscribed to Lockdown Warriors already, now is a perfect time to hit that subscribe button. All right, Charles, we've talked around it. This is our first of our draft series here. We're starting with Anthony Edwards because he is the consensus number one guy. Uh, I have said on this podcast that I like Edwards. I believe that the Warriors like Edwards. Do you like Edwards? If if he is on the board at number two, is he your guy? He's tied for who I'd take at number two. Uh, I still... I just think it's it's a risk. Anyone this year is a risk, especially any of the top three. Uh, one thing is you're going to have this problem with every uh, prospect coming in because of the way this draft is going to happen. There's going to be no combine. The measurements, is he actually 6'5 with a 6'9 wingspan? Or is he closer to 6'3? Is that a major problem? No, but it's a lot more enticing if he is 6'5 at 225 because then that will translate better defensively uh probably can do more things offensively uh he, he i'd be fine with them taking them taking him at two i my ideal situation is that they trade down and pick up more assets but let's say they're making the pick at two and anthony edwards is there i'm fine with it uh it's a risk but anyone's a risk in, in this draft uh if you're pick, if you're keeping that number two overall pick well, it's a risk because it seems like his outcome can be anywhere between Deion Waiters and Victor Oladipo. Yeah. And if what you're drafting is Victor Oladipo, well, that's a damn good player who fits well within what the Warriors are doing, right? Like, it's, it's like let's just put Oladipo on this team. It's easy to see him playing next to Clay Thompson as these sort of switchable wings next to Steph Curry, uh, Wiggins, and Draymond Green in a death lineup, right? Or to see, uh, you know, that like an Oladipo type come off the bench in an Andre Iguodala type role as like the super sixth man. Um, it's easy to project that. And so if Anthony Edwards is that, well, then that lays out pretty clearly and pretty easily, and you can project forward. Uh, but if he's Deion Waiters, look, I don't think, you know, if he's, Deion, if he's Deion Waiters without an attitude problem, well, then that's still a pretty okay player. It's not somebody you want at number two, but at least you have a bench score, mm-hmm. right? And so I could see Anthony Edwards coming in right away for the Warriors. If they take him at number two, he's there and they take him. He can come in right away. He could just feast on second units, which would be a great situation for him because if he's drafted to, you know, I don't know, Detroit or Cleveland or some other team, he's not feasting on second units. He's struggling against first unit defenses, right? So you bring him in right away uh, off the bench, and he's able to get some confidence. He's able to kind of learn the ropes and, and figure it out and get better defensively. And then after a while, you ease him in to some interesting five-man units with Draymond at center. And, and I think, again, you have a guy who can – 
contribute immediately, contribute meaningful minutes. You can walk, he could probably walk in right away as a second, as a, as your leading bench scorer. Um, and, and then, you know, one day become that, that fifth starter, become that guy. And, and, you know, you keep projecting forward. And if he does have this all-star potential, which is why he, this upside is why he's so high on these boards. If he's a multi-time all-star, well, then he becomes the face of the franchise. And if he, if, he can develop all those little things that get him on the floor, right? Like we talk about the shades of the isolation game, the star potential that he showed at Georgia, which he definitely did. He was productive. The efficiency numbers weren't great, but I do think his efficiency will be better at the NBA level. Uh, you get, his catch and shoot numbers were actually good. It's just when he has to play off the dribble that he struggled. But if he's playing next to Steph and Draymond and Clay Thompson's creating stuff for him out of the post and all these things, I can see him getting a lot of catch and shoot opportunities. And on the flip side, I could see them. I, I talked about how he's got the snack for using his body and getting into the high post. They could play through him in the high post. There's a you can easily see that him get establishing position. Clay Thompson running or, or, or Steph Curry running off of a pin down on the other side of the floor and him whipping a pass over there and racking up assists that way. He could do that. He could focus defensively. He could tighten up all these other things, and then he becomes this well-rounded player. And then a few years down the road. He's really able to show off that offensive arsenal now that he's this more well-rounded player, and maybe he becomes like this next face of the franchise type guy. Yeah, I mean, that's the best-case scenario, right? Yeah. Exactly. The best-case scenario is Jason Tatum, basically, where not not the exact same player, but the fact they took him third overall. He was a role player the first year and a half, two years, and now he's the face of the franchise. And and speaking of another Celtic, I I compare it to Jalen Brown, too. I mean, mm -hmm. Jalen Brown at Cal – was in this non-existent offense. They asked him to do way too much. He was inefficient. He was playing out of position. And then he gets to the NBA. And day one in the NBA, he's better than his last day at college because he goes to Boston, a a high-class organization with a good structure. They play him off the ball. They say, hey, just make open shots, cut when you can, rebound for us, and play good defense. That's all the Warriors would ask of Anthony Edwards. And then, yeah, a couple years down the road, he turns into an all-star caliber player. Jalen Brown is an all-star caliber player right now with a ton of upside. If uh, if uh, if we could trade the number two overall pick for Jalen Brown, you'd do that. Oh, immediately. That's the yeah. kind of player Jalen Brown is now. And I mentioned uh, Anthony Edwards' ability to get to the line, and that would be valuable uh, more so on the Warriors because they don't have anyone that can do that. You know, since KD left, they have no one that does that. And before KD, they had no one that did that. So that would definitely be more valuable for the Warriors to have someone that can, you know, in a tough spot, slow things down, get to the line. Uh, you know, maybe end a run, what, however you want to look at it. Uh, he is a solid fit. Now, the 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 idea of him coming in being a uh, contributor and then a superstar, you know, that, that only happens kind of rarely. Like, it happened with Kawhi, happened with Tatum. You can throw Jalen Brown in there, too. But those are the only three that have come in, contributed to a playoff team, and then taken that next step. Doesn't mean he can't do it. But it's just like someone saying, oh, well, you can develop a three-point shot because of these main examples. And it's like, well, those main examples you're no, stating, you're not- like, why aren't, aren't, aren't the norm? You know, it's, so- it's, it's true, but at the same time, there's just not that many guys taking this high in the, in the draft that are drafted to playoff teams, right? Exactly. Most of these teams are, are garbage teams. So um, it's, not, much- it's not a – yeah. Well, and then just the last one, how much weight do you put on being drafted to the Warriors organization? Like if he went to the Cavs or, you know, wherever, uh, a, a bad team where he's given the run of the team, you're probably going to see a lot more of the Georgia Anthony yes, Edwards. Absolutely. Inefficient, bad shots, high usage. How much of 
uh, benefit is it for him to come into the Warriors and play with a a you know championship contender next year maybe with great leadership you know three Hall of Famers etc. Is that something that's going to change him or, is, or you know is he who he is? So those are questions. I actually that, think both. I think all three actually. Now I'm thinking about it. The, the top three teams are not bad fits, all things considered, right? for Anthony Edwards. Yeah. I mean, if he's drafted Minnesota, they've got D'Angelo Russell as their primary ball handler. Carl Anthony Towns spaces the floor for him, so he's got all that room to cut, just like he would in Golden State. We talked about the Warriors fit, and then even Charlotte. I mean, they've got Terry Rozier, they've got Devontae Graham there to kind of handle the ball handling duties. Um, they don't have a ton of floor spacing, but it's not it's not as bad if you were, you know, on the Pistons or the, the Suns or the Knicks or something like that. I don't know. But um, you think he would fit in that small ball lineup, death death lineup, whatever you want to call it at this point. Do you think he would be that fifth guy? where you would slide everyone else down one spot and he comes in and plays the two with Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond? Not right away, but I mm-hmm. think, but, but I, I do think that you, he could sort of be the Sean Livingston to whoever the Warriors pick up the TPEs, Andre Iguodala, right? Where you mm-hmm. might have a primary version of that death lineup with it's, it's you know, the, the four guys plus whoever you acquire with the TPE. But in other situations, it could be those four guys with Anthony Edwards or, you know, a little mix and match here and there. Uh, I think he could participate in death-like lineups, and then mm-hmm. like, like right away, and then eventually become, you know, a more integral part of that. Um, yeah, absolutely. At some point. All right. So we like Anthony Edwards. You, you're. I, I think I'm a little bit higher on him than you are. Uh, mm-hmm. It does seem like you, you've got him high up on your board. He, to me, he's my clear number one. Um, we will talk about other draft prospects here uh, in the coming weeks, but for now. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. Thanks to Rock Auto for sponsoring the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Lockdown Giants podcast which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.